0: Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly.
1: Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here, coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is June 28th, 2021, and we are on the last Monday of June, everyone. We are walking right into Q3. Last week was a busy week last week. We had Southeast Produce Council's Virtual Garden Workspace versus Workplace. We had the Cranberry Taste-Off, the Virtual Networking Hour for the Produce Industry Podcast, and Mango Madness, everyone. So thanks for tuning in and look for more Dynamite content produced by some of our sponsors and the produce industry. Today we are kicking off the episode with Norma Rodriguez, our fancy sponsor, Terra Exports, sales manager for the domestic division. Norma and I met at the West Coast Produce Expo in Las Vegas this year, which you're going to hear more about, as well as some cool updates coming from Terra Exports. And our featured guest of the day, we have Josh Leichter, CEO of Pacific Trellis. Now, Josh is an executive in the produce and supply chain industry. He has an accomplished track record over the last 20 years. Heck, graduated Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo and moved on to some of the large brokers and operators in the produce and supply chain industry. Well, guess what, everyone? He's here today, 2021, the CEO of Pacific Trellis Fruit. I'm glad to bring him on board today. And I am proud to say that this interview came from the West Coast Produce Expo in Las Vegas, everyone. That's right. Someone came right up to the booth, Blair Butterworth, and said, hey, Let's chat. Let's get Pacific Trellis on the line. Thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Produce Industry Podcast for making this show possible and growing our industry together. Hey Norma, welcome to the show today. Hey Patrick, thank you so much for having me. It's always great to have another team member online from Terra Exports. Thank you so much for everything that you've done, Terra Exports, for being a fancy sponsor of the show. Norma, just glad to have you here today.
0: Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It was so nice getting to see you at the West Coast Produce Expo a few months ago. So really excited to talk with you today.
1: You know, and I think that's what's cool is we finally got to see each other. You know, I have interviewed so many of the Terra Exports team. And guess what? It's all been via Zoom. It's all been, hey, I can't wait to meet you for the first time. Heck, when I was in Vegas and saw you, and if you want to check out, you know, on our LinkedIn pages, we do have a picture, of Norma and a couple of the Terra Exports team, myself. Um, but we're there. I call Niels. I'm like, Niels, hey, I'm in town. He's like, I'm not in town. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, so I haven't even met Niels yet in person, but it, it's great. Uh, it was a great show. Uh, great to see the Terra Exports team. And really, you know, being able to be in person, start making some deals, making things happen. Let's talk about the domestic division at Terra Exports. Let's talk about what's happening on the day ins and day outs of what you're doing.
0: Yeah. So a little bit about what we do on the domestic division. So Our team, what we really do is we bring in products. We're importers of avocados and blackberries. We try to focus on Mexico, uh, bring it here to the States, and then distribute it uh, all over. Uh, We do work closely with the other divisions. We have four other divisions other than us. We have like Africa, EU, North America, Latin America, and we try to help them as much as we can. We work really closely with North America. They do a lot of uh, berries and avocados as well. So between all of us, you know, we're moving a lot of different products and bringing in a lot of stuff. And we're really excited uh, at this next year and everything that we have coming up.
1: One thing that I like to look at is the uh, LinkedIn page or the Instagram page. they get to see all the fruits that you guys bring in and vegetables, right? It's always crazy because sometimes I see this and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, South Africa citrus go into Spain or South Africa citrus, go into the EU. And then sometimes, you know, in the supply chain, you never really think that. You know, Norma, you always think to yourself, oh, that product's coming over to the US, right? Because that's just how our mindsets think. We're not thinking it's going, you know, to everywhere else in the world. And I even said that, um, you know, to a lady that was uh, bringing in bananas to Canada. Um, Equifruit. I told her, I said, you know, oh, but when you bring them into this, you know, North America and she was like, yeah, North America. She's like, but we bring them into Canada only. And in my head, I just was thinking they come right to the States here. So Terra exports, as I've started to learn, they, they don't just bring into the United States, even though you handle the domestic division. I mean, this is a global company. They import, they export all over the world.
0: Yeah, totally. We're a hundred percent global. We're all over the place. Like I said, our division, we do a lot of uh, from Mexico and bring in here to the US, but we also help the e, uh, the North America division. Uh, they take Mexican product abroad. So we do that often we do that weekly actually, and we do air shipments and they, you know, they send it to their customers in the Middle East or Asia or wherever it might be. So it's actually pretty exciting when you get to think about it, like all the different countries that we go into, uh, Nails is always posting stats and congratulating our team members for getting uh, a new customer in a new country, opening up a new market, it's, it's totally exciting. You can see all that stuff that we do, all the new stuff that we're uh, importing and exporting on our LinkedIn page actually.
1: We'll talk about exciting. You've got a lot of exciting things that are happening. I know we spoke off the mic last week preparing for this call and you were like, hey, I've got some news that we are going to bring up. And, uh, you know, with consumer trends changing all the time, right? I mean, we've got so many external factors within today's world of produce. And I hear from from you that there's a brand on the horizon.
0: Yeah, that's correct. We are so excited that this year we're going to be rolling out our own label. It's called Alvalicious uh it's going to be really interesting i want to see how the consumers take to it how our customers uh like our box our design we try to keep it simple try to keep it clean and then hopefully uh with the success of this that we're expecting hopefully we can roll out our uh, organic box and maybe even a number two box um and have a little bit more fun with those usually customers uh Uh, are like a little bit more commercial stuff with the organics and the number two so we'll see we'll see what happens in the next year but we're very excited for our label.
1: It's always exciting to start a new brand and then take it to somewhere you've never seen before. And that's the crazy thing that, you know, people are trying to challenge. I say people, there's industry folks, non-industry folks challenging if We should be branding um, all of this produce, right? Because technically some of these are commodities, right, Norma? Uh, But I think it's great. I think sticking to the basics, sticking simple, sticking clean, um, right? Everything that a fresh piece of produce is Norma, right? I mean, that's a, that's a great example of the label too. And I think it goes to show what uh, you're building, what the company's building um, when you can get behind a brand right now, you've got more to offer to your grower partners, right? In packing, you've got more to offer to customers, right? If you're a consumer out there listening to this, think about it. There's new brands that are going to be hitting the grocery stores very soon for you, right? So you get to choose, you know, what brands you get to buy Norma. It's been a pleasure having you on today and just, you know, representing Terra Exports as a fancy sponsor. If anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or the organization, how can they go about doing that?
0: Well, definitely you can send us an email. You can send us an email at sales at TerraExports.com. Or you can find us on LinkedIn. I'm also on there so you guys can
1: find me through the company page. Fantastic, Norma. I thank you for coming on. And let's go ahead and get our featured guests on the line today. Hey, Ross, welcome back, man. Great to have you co-hosting today. Thanks, Patrick. It's a pleasure to be here again. Well, listen, as we were talking right before we came on, it's like, listen, I, I feel like you're kind of a regular at this point, man. I...
2: There's no turning back. I've been on it so many times now. I got to continue. I'm to continue that trend and take this thing to the next level.
1: You know what I'm waiting for is the next Apple update. I want to hear Ross Nelson's Apple update for 2021. Uh, And I think that that's going to be fun, man. But I appreciate you coming on, man. I I appreciate Indianapolis Fruit Company uh, being a sponsor of the podcast. And what that entails of is a lot of cool deliverables, which is why Ross is here today. And we have a fun time getting to know a lot of people in the industry, right? I mean, with trade shows coming back, with us being able to be in person, shaking hands again. I shook someone's hand the other day, Ross, and they were like, oh, oh, we're doing that now, hon. I'm like, hey, great to see you. So um, this next guest we have, which is uh, Pacific Trellis um, that we talked about uh, in the intro. Um, We met them or I met them at the West Coast Produce Expo. Now, Ross, you didn't get a chance to go to that, um, but met Pacific Trellis and Dulcinea. And I understand that you kind of already know them and have a relationship with them.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely familiar with Pacific Trellis and uh, have known about them for a number of years, you know, with uh, what all they do and also the Dulcinea brand that they're very well known for. lot of good products that they have and uh, a lot of good people there. Yeah, man. I just started uh, learning about some of these products and it was kind of
1: interesting because when I was uh, sitting at West Coast Produce Expo, Ross, um, it was fun. I was interviewing a few people and a gal came up to me, her name was Blair and talked about on the podcast. She's like, Hey, you know, saw the podcast. I'm from Fresno State. You're from Fresno State. And it was like, Right there, I thought we were just like best friends, right? I was just like, all right, I got a new friend. She's like, oh, and by the way, she's like, I know Ray. And I was like, wait a minute, Harvest Joy. So I started putting all these things together. And it was like, you know, these relationships, man. We talk about this all the time as relationships within the industry, relationships, I mean, throughout the supply chain. And it's just fantastic to be able to meet new people and get great people on the line. So without further ado, everybody, let's get Josh on the line. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, glad to be here,
1: guys. Man, I'll tell you what, I have been thinking over and over, days and nights, Josh, about these melons, okay? Because now as I navigate the grocery stores, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, do I really just want a normal seedless watermelon? Do I want to just grab the big eight-pound green machine and take it home, which I did? I did. It's in the fridge, everyone, just so we're clear. I did not try another melon yet. I went for the normal. So great to have you on. I'm looking forward to uh, really learning more about uh, melons and the company, man.
3: Great. Yeah. Glad to be here. And uh, we're right in the prime of our melon season, uh, harvesting down in Yuma, Arizona, where it's a balmy 118 degrees this week. So very good melon growing and harvesting weather. Uh, but got a lot of exciting varieties coming out right now, including those big. Uh, green machines, as well as some specialty melons and, uh, and other varieties that are definitely focused on, uh, on flavor and eating experience. That tends to be what we're known for and what we focus to, to bring to the consumer.
1: Well, that's what I'm looking forward to. So Pacific Trellis. Okay, everyone, that's who we have on the line today uh, with the Dulcinea brand, as Ross mentioned. So Josh, please give the listeners a a 30,000 foot overview as we
3: do on most episodes on what the company is, who they are, what they service. Sure, be happy to do that. Uh, Pacific Trellis Fruits has been in business for 25 years. Uh, We are primarily an importer, grower, distributor of table grapes and melons. Uh, we also handle citrus from South America, cherries, stone fruit, pears, a few other items. But uh, grapes and melons are really our bread and, bread and butter. We handle grapes 12 months a year, starting out in Brazil, then to Peru, Chile, up to Mexico, and then uh, round out the summer with uh, with grapes from California that we're just getting ready to uh, to harvest. Uh, On the melon side of the business, uh, as you mentioned, the Dulcinea brand, that's a business that we purchased about six years ago. They are the inventor of the personal size mini watermelon, which we call the pure heart. After that, we introduced the Tuscan style cantaloupe to the market and we've continued to bring innovative, new, tasty varieties uh, to the market, including our sunny gold, yellow seedless mini watermelon and most recently, the Kiss line of melons, which is headlined by the by the Sugar Kiss, but also this year introducing a couple other new ones, the Kiss Limon, which we'll talk about I'm sure in a bit, just an incredible eating piece of fruit. Uh, also the Summer Kiss, the Honey Kiss, and the Golden Kiss. So good lineup, uh, conventional and organic fruit, and, um, Getting ready for the summer. That's a a big time of year
1: for us. You got a lineup, man. You have a lineup behind you on top of that. Ross, now I got to throw this question out to you, man. Um, How many of these varieties do you guys carry at Indianapolis Fruit Company? Because I mean, I, everybody, I am fortunate enough to have the uh, pamphlet in front of me. I have a cheat sheet. uh, And a lot of these balans, again, I haven't even heard of the Pure Heart, the. The sugar daddy, he's pumping out cash on the side, the Tuscan style. I mean, these are a lot of different melons, man. What do you got in your house?
2: Well, we we try to carry them all. You know, it varies throughout what our customer demand is and, and the seasonality of them. But uh, we have demand for both the conventional and the organic ones. Uh, obviously, the Dulcinea brand is well known uh, throughout our retail partners and friends and family. So they, they request that name re- pretty religiously, you know, over some other personal size watermelons. That is a favorite. And so uh, we we definitely uh, are a big supporters. And
1: you know what? it's crazy because again, like you heard me about the the green machine. It's like I used to buy watermelons like out of Nogales when I brokered Josh back in the days. Um, I would literally uh, go down and like stand the motels down there, and I would just watch all these you know loads cross the border, and I would be like, I'll take one of those, one of those, one of those. And I know that still happens to this day, but I would only buy. The normal, like I said, the seedless watermelons, the ones you, it was like size 45, you know what I mean? <laughs> like right. it, it, The size that everybody wants, right? So, um, so to see some of these new melons, it's kind of interesting, but I think it's like the pineapple, right? The mysterious pineapple or a mango where I think if you see these in the store, you're you're not sure. You're just like I, I, you know, am I gonna pick this up? Am I not gonna pick this up? Should I? If, do I cut it the right the right way? Right? I mean, I think that you get that in your head. I mean, trust me, I've seen people in stores pass the sumo right that uh, that deco pond tangerine, and they're like, "Whoa, that thing's probably nasty inside." So with with all these d- varieties, um, obviously a little bit branding comes into play. Uh, but how are we how are we selling these? I mean, that, that's a question I have.
3: Yeah. Well, I think as we're seeing across a number of categories, the focus on taste and flavor and eating experiences is coming back to the front of, uh, of consumers' requirements and what they're looking for and as a way for retailers to differentiate themselves. So we really focus on that. We focus on a consistent eating experience. As you mentioned, with the Dulcinea brand, it provides that consistent experience. So they don't need to tap the side of the watermelon or or ask, how do you pick out a good watermelon? You just look for the Dulcinea brand and you know you're gonna have that high uh, eating experience every time. On some of the newer varieties, uh, again, there is an appetite for for a premium eating experience. Some of the traditional varieties in the melon category that have started to come out and been bred for more of a long shelf life, uh, that's where you see that eating experience really decline. And some of the major melon categories have seen a decrease in consumption over the last few years because of that. So when we come to market with our Tuscan style cantaloupe or the sugar kiss melon, that's gonna provide that premium eating experience every time. And it's gonna have the shoppers coming back and buying them again and again. And that's what our retail partners tell us is once they get it out there, you get it in the consumer's mouth, and then it just sells itself. And
2: one of the challenges obviously right now is with COVID, you know, coming out of it is not being able to sample at store level. So, you know, retailers and wholesalers have to tell the story about it and the flavor and, and really educate the people through signage and through social media to uh, instead of being able to sample at this time.
3: That's right. And we pack a number of our specialty melons in single count nets with a header card. And we tell the story of that melon right there on the header part so the consumers can see that in the stores. Is Where do,
1: where can you get these? I mean, because I know that I'm here in Tampa and I always ask this to, to Ross and Ross always laughs about this because I mean, I have a Publix down the road, obviously there's always a Publix, right? But um, they only carry certain things too. And certain demographics of certain stores only carry certain things. Um, where would you find these melons at?
3: Well, the store you just mentioned is a great place to find them. Uh, oh. They'll be carrying them... Uh, in the next, uh, the next couple weeks here. Uh, but we have distribution all across the nation. It's interesting when you see some of the, the retailers as far away as the, uh, the upper Northeast, Maine, uh, Connecticut, uh, very strong distribution in the Western United States. Most of the Kiss Melons are grown in Arizona and California. And as you know, right now with freight rates where they were, we just uh, paid $14,500 to get a truck of the Kiss Melons up into the Northeast. And uh, fortunately there's no competitors for them. So uh, even with the uh, that high freight going on top of the FOB, they're able to get them in and uh, retail them at a price that uh, consumers are still picking them up for recognizing uh, the premium and the value that they're getting in that piece of food.
1: That's good though. They're going to keep the customers coming back. I know Ross mentioned uh, earlier, uh, when we were off the mic is that I know earth fair is carrying some of these K- kiss melons. Now we've had Corky Anderson on the line with Ross. That's the director of procurement uh, over at earth fair and earth fair is kind of a, um, I would say it not an interesting store, but it's a different store, right? Right Ross. And so it's cool to see some of these products land in there because then it really diversifies the retailer too, or who's selling the product. Okay, everyone. So again, um, if you Didn't hear us in the beginning, we're not going to mention again, but this retailer is a quarter mile from my house. I mentioned it in almost probably uh, all hundred plus episodes. I always say which one. I can't live without a retailer about a quarter mile from my house, everyone. I can't. I have fresh produce every single day. I will go shopping like five days a week to make sure I have fresh produce in my house, everyone. So um, this is great. So let's talk about these uh, Kiss Melons though. So you gave a little bit of a sneak peek of those melons and I want to learn more because I know that as we are talking in the background that I'm going to be able to try these melons here in the uh, the upcoming months. And I am truly excited about that uh, because these are all going to be new tastes that I've never tried before. So talk to me a little bit about uh, these Kiss melons, when they're gonna be coming off, Josh, and uh, how long we can expect them for.
3: Sure. Well, we've been uh, harvesting out of Yuma uh, since about the middle of May, so we're about a month into the season. Uh, We have five different varieties uh, that we're currently growing and harvesting. So the first ones that we started with were the Golden Kiss and the Honey Kiss. The Honey Kiss is a Hami-style melon. Uh, which some of the listeners may be familiar with. Very sweet in flavor, sort of a, a football-shaped uh, oblong melon with a, with a bit of a netting to it. Um, and, uh, and then we go into the, the marquee variety, I guess I would call it the sugar kiss, uh, which is a cantaloupe-style melon. Uh, very high bricks, averages 14 to 16 bricks. has that real creamy, Uh, texture to it and just an awesome eating experience. Uh, So we're harvesting those now. Uh, We'll go for about three more weeks in Yuma and then we'll move up to the San Joaquin Valley where we harvest in Huron uh, until around the end of September and into early October. Uh, Along with the sugar kiss, we also uh, are harvesting the summer kiss, which is a, a bit of a gallia type melon uh, it's got a nice green interior flesh with a netted uh, yellow exterior, and then one that one of the ones that's probably the most exciting. Uh, it's a relatively low volume, but it's the Kiss Lemon, and this is uh, like a, like a kind of fruit that you've never tasted before. Everyone says that they've got something that tastes like lemonade. Well, this melon tastes like lemonade, and uh, you take one bite, and, uh, and it gets to the back of your tongue, and you're just like, wow. So that's a new one. We had a few samples last year. We've got commercial production going in, in Yuma right now, and everyone that we send that to, uh, they're, they're just blown away by it.
1: And I'm sitting here going, "All right, all right, lemonade flavored melon.
3: Okay, all right. I'm thinking
1: about this. You, you sparked my interest, Josh. You got me on the on the line here.
2: Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go searching for that in the warehouse uh, and <laughs> grab one.
1: There is going to be a missing uh, Kiss Melon from uh, Indianapolis Fruit Company. Uh, it has many
3: uses on a Friday afternoon. <laughs>
1: there shouldn't be any in-house. They should all be out uh, on the retail stores. But if there is one, Ross, I, I think you should record it live. No, you don't know, cut it open. I want to see what this thing looks like. I want, to, I want to feel the smell through the camera, my friend. Like I said, you know, in one of my uh, citrus videos, it's like if you have smell-o-vision, like you you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying some of these Kiss Melons. I'm looking forward to seeing some of them because as I think about melons, it's really crazy because you only think of the top three. I'll say the top three where it's like, okay, a cantaloupe, a honeydew and a regular watermelon, right? And some people don't venture outside of those. I know I don't, right? I, I really don't. So I'm interested to see these. And, you know, this is all also a uh, good time to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors.
4: We got to hear those
2: weekend winners, Patrick.
4: What's up everybody? We're back day late on the weekend winners this week. Been working the night shift, catching up with all of our fantastic drivers. Shout out to that crew that gets fresh produce to 18 states and feeds a lot of communities across the country. Very appreciative of everything that they do for us. But not to be forgotten, we're talking weekend winners and we're featuring our friends at Pacific Trellis this week with a trio of some of the sweetest eats you can find in the melon category. We're talking first about the Honey Kiss Melon. Uniquely soft, uniquely shaped, but also the sweetest of the Kiss Melon varieties. Next on the list, the Limon Kiss Melon. Personally, my favorite. Little bit of tartness mixed with some sweet. It's like a fresh, cold glass of lemonade on a hot summer day. And last but not least, we're talking about the Golden Kiss Melon. It's mellow flesh. is perfect for a summer brunch treat. Really mixes up that fruit parfait or that fruit tray that you're serving for guests. Definitely one not to be forgotten with a little bit of melon mania on this weekend winners.
1: to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. Ag tools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now,
2: back to our show. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everybody. It was great hearing from our sponsors and those weekend winners from Indianapolis Fruit Company. Let's get Patrick and Josh back on the line to hear about some summer fruits from Pacific Trellis.
3: Hey, hey, cued back in. Hey, great to be back and excited to talk about uh, what we have coming up here for the summer. Uh, we talked about our melon lineup already a bit. We're going to be going in full swing on, on all the varieties now, all the way until the end of October uh, when we wrap up harvest in the northern San Joaquin Valley. Uh, even have some production up in Washington State this year on the mini melons, a new uh, growing area for us this season. But in addition to the melons, we got some other exciting things. Grapes is another huge summertime item. We'll be starting our harvest in California in a couple of weeks here where we have a lot of exciting varieties lined up on the table grape front. Uh, as well as some specialties and some favorites. We have a real nice program on Cord grapes, which is a seedless Concord, as well as the Concord, and uh, some of the new specialty grapes, including the candy snaps. Uh, the other thing that we're excited about for the summer is the Summer Citrus from South America. We pack that uh, to a premium spec in our Dulcinea brand in two-pound and three-pound bags. Uh, on the easy peeler mandarins as well as navel oranges and lemons same things uh on tap for the summer and a lot of good uh, fruity weather coming our way
1: so i gotta jump in and talk about grapes for a second because ross is probably gonna smile because he knows i always talk crap about a certain grape ross <laughs> <laughs> you know he knows it's coming i know it's um, coming. because
2: we won't we won't say its name
1: all right. We won't say it. All right. Dang it, man. I wanted to say it. All right. So I got to bring this up because, okay, first of all, what the heck is a Tomcord? I, I I can honestly tell you, I have not heard of that. So we got to start there, Josh.
3: A uh, Tomcord is a seedless Concord grape. So it's, uh, it's a smaller black grape, round berry size. It's got that classic Concord jam flavor, uh, but it's seedless. So it's awesome.
1: So it's a, it's pretty much a Concord grape, but it's a seedless one. So it's called a, a thumb cord, what? Why would they call oh. it that? I, I'm, I'm
3: confused. Why would they just call it a seedless? Maybe it has some Thompson in its uh
1: heritage. Oh, now okay, all right, you got me now. Now I'm getting it. And then, and then we look at things like the candy snaps or the candy hearts. I've never heard of those, Ross. Have you heard of these ones before? I have not.
2: Yes, I have. I've heard of them. I mean, there's so many different varieties out there, it's hard to keep track these days, you know. when... Some of them uh, seem to live on and some of them seem to not.
1: Well, I see that there's always the the OGs, right? You always have your crimson, your flames. Um, I always say I love a nice red seedless grape. It's one of my favorites, especially when you just crunch into them. it, especially in the summertime. In the valley, right? Bakersfield, Delano, when their grapes come off, I don't know what it is. They're they're huge, they're great, and they're just the the crispest grapes I, I have had. Um, and the same things with the greens, right? But there are some varieties, right, that are coming out. There's so many new varieties, candy, uh flavored. Grapes that they have out there, I sometimes think to myself, how do they get these to taste like that? It's crazy sometimes, um, but it's a brand and it's a new commodity that's working.
2: On the retail side of things, they don't really sell them by variety; they sell them by red, green, black, other than you know some exclusive one. It, it makes it a little bit challenging, I know, for different vendors and growers and shippers to really get the consumer to understand that it's not just a red grape, it's not just a green grape. There, there's more behind it. There's different flavor notes. There's different varieties.
1: All right. Well, listen, I got to jump back into and talk about some of the things that you're doing in the citrus world. As as you guys know, as you might, maybe you don't know, I'm a citrus guy. Um, I've done imports from South America. I know there's summer citrus from, um, geez, I believe it's South Africa going on. I, I was uh, recently talking to Terra Exports, ships a lot of their South Africa product actually to Saudi Arabia and the Middle East. Um, so I know theirs are going, how's the, uh, the citrus program? Because I know you mentioned... You You guys do this in your own Pacific Charles label. I think that's fantastic.
3: It's looking great. Uh, We're just just getting rolling. California had a big crop and they'll be wrapping up here in the the coming weeks. So we have product right now from Uruguay, which has been a really nice way to start off the season. Uh, They've brought their quality specs up quite a bit in the last uh, three to four years and just starting to get some of the early varieties in from Chile. So again, when the easy peelers come in in bulk, we have a chance to do a quality control check. If they meet the premium spec that we've set for the Dulcinea brand, then we'll run it into those consumer packs. And if it doesn't, then we'll just pack it up as a, as a generic bag. But uh, it's been a growing category um, for, for the industry for the last few years. And we're looking for that growth to continue. I think obviously last year with COVID and the direct uh, link to vitamin C, the category saw a, a huge lift. And even talking to some of our buyers this year, they're not exactly sure how that's going to carry on and translate, but uh, we're all excited to see. And there's a lot more volume out there on the supply side to, to fill that demand should it be there.
1: Well, kudos to you for, you know, Uruguay food. I remember back in the days, like you could, you would only see like lemons right now. I'm starting to see that there's other varieties coming in. Mandarins, um, it's starting to grow, right? Like, as you said, the quality is getting better. Same thing with Argentina. If you can go back, you know, five years ago, I think there was only maybe like 10 to 14 actual importers of Argentinian lemons. Obviously that's growing, that market's growing. We're bringing a lot more fruit in and yeah, throughout the pandemic, um, citrus was on, on on the top of the list so um i definitely always check in on my citrus as we're uh, grower packer shippers right there in wood lake california um love my citrus everyone if you know me i am a huge deco pond fan um and i'm starting to say that now rosh you notice that i'm not saying the brand every time because there could be a future in where uh Golden Star packs those uh, varieties, so I got to start thinking of a huh. the, <laughs> the new brand. Name
2: dropping
1: here, name dropping. I can name drop uh, actual. I they I could name drop the variety, just not name dropping the brand. So, um, no, Josh, that's awesome, man. I think that's fantastic. I think with the wide variety of products that you're offering too, um, you're giving obviously the customers a wide variety of products uh, uh, to choose from. Heck, look what Ross said. He's gonna go run down to the warehouse. He's like, "Why do I not have these melons in stock?" Uh, you might be getting some orders after this call, right? You got, you've convinced them already to to carry some of those. So I think that's obviously fantastic. Um, I think that you guys have a, a bright future ahead of you. Um, you've got a lot of products, a lot of, I would say, products that are yours, right? And that's really important when we come in, you know, to this commodity-based world, right? It, and we, we gotta stop commoditizing our brands. Um, but as you make new varieties, as you patent new varieties, as you build your brands up, um, these are things that consumers are gonna see. Uh, this creates loyalists, this creates new retailers, new consumers, and it really just gets your, your brand out in, uh, into the industry more than you think it would. So uh, here's the next question I got, and this one's for Ross. I'm gonna throw this one out to Ross. Um, because I'm always going to throw him for a loop, Josh. We're going to catch him on the backside. We're going to put the spotlight on him. What is your favorite melon, man? Like, if you were to tell Josh, you you know, send me this for the rest of my life, Josh. I just won the you know, lifetime supply of this specific melon. Which one would you pick, man?
2: It'd be the Dulcinea Pure Heart.
1: The Pure Heart. Okay. Any totally. reason now
2: after I try this? new one the lemon or limon kiss i don't know there could be a new favorite but we'll be i'm gonna be testing them just like you it's been new new flavors hitting the palate could be some that's what of, i'm thinking too
1: i, I i'm thinking I, I gotta try this i know
2: what's here. going on they're gonna be lost
1: i think so too man i think that these are the things like when i when i tried these different mangoes for the first time it was just like i was like wait a minute I'm like, what the heck is this? Right. And I've had some bad experiences with mangoes, right? Like some really bad ones. So, and, and so I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to like the best. Um, I don't know that. I don't know why, but that sunny gold, I feel like it's calling my name. I don't know why, but I feel like the, as soon as I cut that baby open, I think I'm just going to devour it. I hope it tastes as good as it looks on, on paper. <laughs> but i think that's the that's the key right there but josh listen you got i think you got two new loyalists already uh already on board here talking about the melons that are going to be brand ambassadors beyond the beyond the phone call here because we're ready to try these man we're ready to sink our teeth into these and i think it's cool i think it's cool what you guys are doing and uh um i think it's going to be a fantastic uh taste off here so Josh, what else do you think? What do we have coming for the wintertime? I know we're still in the summer. It's 118 degrees, as he just said the other day, in in, in Arizona or California. Listen, um, too hot for me. But what's the winter look like? What, what can we expect uh, in the melon season or going through?
3: Sure. The, the winter is a busy time of the year for us, and we're actually already having some, some plannings around it in terms of the imported fruit. Uh, cherries, that's uh, an exciting category for us and an exciting category for the industry, always in demand. You mentioned Argentina. We bring uh, very nice cherries in from Argentina, as well as Chile. Uh, we talked about grapes a little bit earlier, and that's, uh, that's a major focus uh, for us during the, during the winter months. Um, some of the candy varieties, we bring a lot of cotton candy grapes in, not only from South, South America, but even from Spain. Uh, at the tail end of the, of the summer months here, and then we continue right into Brazil, Peru, and Chile. We've got another grape out of Brazil that's pretty pretty exciting, and I think uh, Indie Fruits carried it. That's called the jam grape. Uh, it's also got that real Concord grape jelly flavor that everyone can recognize when they bite into it. It's only grown in Brazil. It was developed in Brazil, and um, they're able to grow them almost 12 months out of the year just because of their climate there near the equator. Uh, But that's something that we always get excited about as we go back into the the winter and and are able to bring the the jam grapes in for the the customers. On the melon side, we have a a bit of a condensed portfolio during the winter. Uh, We bring in the pure hearts. We bring in a lot of sugar daddies. This year, we're going to be planting some Kiss melons in Central America and doing some tests out of there to hopefully be able to extend that season through the winter months. So. A lot going on during the winter, uh, and we're already planning for that.
2: Hey, I didn't bring it up. He brought up the cotton candy, Patrick. I know that's your favorite.
3: He I did. You know it's what? So it's only mean, struck a chord there with you. Uh...
1: I am not. Listen, cotton candy is a interesting variety, I will say, and maybe it's my taste buds, but I don't taste it. Like I have not had one. Good experience with a cotton candy grape. My wife seems to think I'm crazy. Okay, everyone, and, and I'll vouch for. I, I would
2: agree with her on that. I'd, I'll I, vouch for her too. My, my oh, kids she... love it. My kids love the cotton candy. So <laughs> does my wife.
1: I will pick a, a a red seedless grape any day over a cotton candy all day. I will eat Chilean red grapes. I will eat them when it is December and they're a little soggy. I will eat. <laughs> I will eat them like I don't know what it is but I just can't get into the uh the cotton candy grapes. You need yeah, a lot more
2: it. you can eat a lot more of any other grape than a cotton candy. I, you get enough yeah, right. after a little bit. They just the sweetness I know, tried I feel these like, I, I, think I feel think like that's one I, grape I, that you just can't like eat a whole bag in one sitting where you can others.
1: Mm. You know, I tried with some of those like muscat grapes like a while back. I told my wife, I was like, they're bad. They're bad. It was a bad batch. She's like, well, what happened to the bag? I was like, I'm not going to tell you what happened to the bag. I'm like, but they weren't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, uh, cotton candy grapes. Listen, I'm not going to bash on them. I just think they're I just think they're interesting. And yeah, I, when I want to have grapes, I'll be real with you. Like, Josh, I will devour a half bag of grapes in like one sitting like it's not i would just be sitting there plucking grapes so if i can't have like 20 20 of them get them out of here like get them out of here don't put popcorn in front of me and tell me to eat four pieces of popcorn ross like you're killing me here so uh josh it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today man um if anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or the organization how can they go about doing that today
3: sure well we're on linkedin you can find us at pacific trellis uh, on linkedin also, our website, pacifictrollisfruit.com. Or if you want to email us, you can send an email to info at and we'll definitely get back to you. Fantastic,
1: Josh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the line today. Thank you, guys. Man, Ross, it was great to have Josh on the line today. I think it's awesome that, that we keep building on our relationships more and more. It's like who would have thought, like I said, going back to Lucky's, being in the Kaido Foods office in Indianapolis, you were buying product. And then now we full circled years later to today. And we say it all the time, man. It's all about relationships, A produce and supply chain industry.
2: Very much so. It's always about relationships. People can change companies, but the relationships still stay the same. You know, that's the, that's the big thing about the produce industry. It's one big family. Everyone gets along competitive and friendly. And uh, I'm really excited to be back to shows. You know, it was great to see you earlier this year and uh, see you later this year. at some, some more events and just keep on uh, moving along in the industry and selling fresh produce.
1: Well, everyone, if you're a consumer, or if you're in the industry, or if you're just someone passing by, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you in the fields or on the horizon.
0: You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.